Welcome to the World Beyond the Tale, the Page Day American Gods podcast. I'm your host, James, and today we're reading page 126. Been shadowy figures in Wednesday's hall. Through here, boomed Wednesday, and he led them through the only exit, formed to look like the gaping mouth of a huge monster, its sharp teeth ready to rend them all to slivers. He moved among them like a politician, cajoling, encouraging, smiling, gently disagreeing, pacifying. Did that happen? asked Shadow. Did what happen, shit for brains? asked Mr. Nancy. The hall, the fire, tiger's balls, riding the carousel. Heck, nobody's allowed to ride the carousel. Didn't you see the signs? Now hush. The monster's mouth led to the organ room, which puzzled Shadow. Hadn't they already come through that way? It was no less strange the second time. Wednesday led them all up some stairs, past life-sized models of the four horsemen of the apocalypse hanging from the ceiling, and they followed the signs to an early exit. Shadow and Nancy brought up the rear, and then they were out of the house on the rock, walking past the gift store and heading back into the parking lot. Pity we had to leave before the end, said Mr. Nancy. I was kind of hoping to see the biggest artificial orchestra in the whole world. I've seen it, said Chernabog. It's not so much. The restaurant was a big and barn-like structure, ten minutes up the road. Wednesday had told each of his guests that tonight's dinner was on him, and had organized rides to the restaurant for any of them that didn't have their own transportation. Shadow wondered how they had gotten to the house on the rock without their own transportation, and how they were going to get away again, but he said nothing. It seemed the smartest thing to say. Shadow had a car full of Wednesday's guests to ferry to the restaurant. The woman in the red sari sat in the front seat beside him. There were two men in the back seat, a peculiar-looking young man, whose name Shadow had not properly caught, but thought might be Elphus, and another man in a dark suit who Shadow could not remember. He had stood beside the man as he got into the car, had opened and closed the door for him, and was unable to remember anything about. And that's our page. There's a few photos of the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse from the House on the Rock mentioned here, and it's definitely worth taking a look at. Not quite as nightmarish as other things featured in the House on the Rock, but... A bit unsettling just the same. At first I wondered if maybe this was a tiny nod to Gaiman's book Good Omens, co-authored with Terry Pratchett, but no, it it seems like anything mentioned in the book from The House on the Rock seems to actually exist there, which just kind of blows my mind a little. It It seems like a place that should not exist, yet there it is. I like this little interaction between Shadow and Nancy. Nancy's still calling Shadow stupid, but it seems to have taken on more of an affectionate tone at this point. Shadow's still a bit in denial, but he seems to be coming around. He wonders further down the page how the other guests got to the House on the Rock, despite not having any cars on the lot, but he notes on this page that perhaps nothing is the best thing to say in this sort of situation. Shadow's still a bit in that denial stage, and he's trying to maintain his grip on reality. So he's really kind of, I think he's just slowly trying to immerse himself in this. It's going to be more and more difficult to keep up the facade as the novel goes forward, but he's going to try for at least a little bit longer. And here is Alphys, not Elvis, although Elvis shows up in Good Omens. This is not him. Alphys is a dwarf from Norse mythology whose name translates to all-knowing. In the traditional myths, he was set to marry one of Thor's daughters, but Thor was not happy with the prospect of one of his children marrying a dwarf, so he put Alphys to the test. Prove yourself wise enough, and you'll be able to marry my daughter. 
Thor kept testing Alphys until the sun rose, and as soon as he was exposed to sunlight, Alphys turned to stone. For more detail on him, you can read the poem Alvismal, written sometime between the 10th and the 12th century. There's a few different translations of it online. It's all pretty straightforward, and it's funny to see some of the questions that Thor asks him. We also get our first introduction to the Forgettable Man, as I'll probably call him from now on. Or maybe the Forgettable God? Hmm. We'll meet him again later on Wednesday, and Shadow kind of revisit with some of the same people we've met here already, and try to convince them to be part of the war effort. And we meet this man, or God, we meet the Forgettable God again in Las Vegas, and by that time rolls around, maybe we'll have the annotated edition in our hands and we can have a confirmation as to who he is and what pantheon he represents. But a lot of the text in the Vegas section and the fact that he's in Vegas as well points to him being some sort of um, some sort of god of wealth or god of... I was going to say money, but it's not quite as as specific as that. For now, though, I think I'm just going to leave it alone. I think I have some notes on tomorrow's page for that. Anyhow, get in touch with the show at theworldbeyondthetale at gmail.com or on Twitter at worldbeyondpod. Thank you to Julian Granganage for his version of St. James Infirmary Blues, which we use as our theme. And thank you for listening. I'll be back tomorrow with another page, and remember, only the gods are real.